Hello and welcome along to The Nerd Degree. It's me, Brendan. I've just jumped in here at the start of the episode to introduce our special guest host. We're very lucky to have Andrew Todd, who is the gaming editor for Birth Movies Death, which is the rebranded version of Badass Digest. He is also the director of Ghost Shark 2, Urban Jaws, which is uh, a movie that is unrelated to the sci-fi movie of uh, called Ghost Shark. His movie is uh, an independently produced film. You can see all about it at GhostShark2.com. I've already pre-ordered my copy of it. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to this episode. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Nerd! Good evening and welcome to The Nerd Degree. Uh, the only show nerdier and funnier than the alternate universe version of the Big Bang Theory that's actually good. <laughs> uh, my name is Andrew Todd. I will be your host tonight. Uh, tonight, uh, this, this episode of Nerd Degree is Nerd Degree Family Values, because as Vin Diesel teaches us, family is everything. We've, we've got two teams of nerds uh, who will be doing battle for you this evening, or I guess it's a podcast, so it could be... It could be it could be like morning, um, which is which could be fun. Um, so today, uh, uh, so we'll we'll introduce um, on my on my right is House Tanner. Yes, my name is Derek. I'm an improviser. My name is Brendan, and I'm a playwright. My name is Karen, and I'm an author. And we t- are House Tanner, and our house words are no house too full. Mm, mm. Um, and on my left Hello, my name is Kev P and I'm not from around here uh, My name is Dan Bain and I spent today doing my accounting <laughs> And my name is Ben Allen and I am a carbon based life form And together you are House Cunningham And uh, your house words are These days are ours <laughs> Great um, very well, uh, the nerd degree. Our first round is uh, the nerd quotient. Um, but first, before we begin, um, we'll need some words from our sponsor, who will be introduced by our man in the booth, Jeff Clark, who will be uh, giving us some, uh, some heartwarming parental uh, uh, commentary throughout the evening. Sure will. You're doing really well, Andrew. Remember, trying is half the battle. <laughs> so, uh, who is the sponsor for the Nerd Quotient? Do you find full plate armour a bit sweaty? Next time you go into battle, make sure you have your sword, your bow, and your axe body spray. <laughs> oh, boy. Very good. Oh, boy. Um, so, uh, getting right into the Nerd Quotient, this is a fairly standard trivia round. Uh, first question, what film is an unofficial sequel to both Alien and Terminator? Oh, a New York Minute. The Mary Kate and Ashley film. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's subtle. I mean, it is it is subtle. But one of them represents uh, the Terminator, and one of them represents the other movie. It's so about it's... duality and uh, you know the mirrored self. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a valiant answer, but it's not correct. Um, uh, House Cunningham, I will give you an, another an opportunity. A sequel to Alien and Terminator, so it has to be after both of them. Yes. Barbarella. It's made before either movie. Yeah, but you know, that was anticipating. Like an honorary um, sequel. Mm, uh, I'm afraid I'm afraid that's also incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is Terminator 2. <laughs> 
unofficial also, sequel to Terminator. <laughs> also known, also known as Shocking Dark, made in 1990 by uh, Claudio Fregasso and Bruno Mattai. Claudio Fregasso, also famous for making Troll 2, which similarly oh. was not a sequel to <laughs> Troll. Um, it ac- is actually is more more of a remake of Aliens, but it has a Terminator in it. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Because that's what you do when you're Claudio Fergasso. Second question. This will be a question for House Cunningham. Which Hollywood family was responsible for injuries on over 70 people on a single film? Oh, this is the one with the lions. Um, The crazy, the Melly Griffith mum and dad. Uh, and they filmed the film, and they, they, they bought like 80 lions to their house and just oh. filmed it for like three years with these lions running out, and the film is basically people being eaten by lions. That's correct. Um, Roar. It's called Roar. Yes, yeah. correct. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, film Roar. Um, uh, they ate Melanie Griffith's face off. Yeah. Like uh, Tippi Hedren and Noel Marshall and their daughter Melanie Griffith um, made this film called Roar, uh, set on their house. They had uh, a number of, of wild big cats. Um, that they ship to their house because they, I guess, because they live in California. Um, does. Uh, the cinematographer, Jan DeBont, had his scalp lifted by a lion, resulting in 220 stitches. Tippi Hedren received a flat, fractured leg and scalp wounds after an elephant bucked her off. She was also bit in the neck by a lion and required 38 stitches. Melanie Griffith had uh, facial reconstruction surgery. Noel Marshall was attacked so many times he was diagnosed with gangrene. Um, and the assistant director... <laughs> Had his throat bitten open, his jaw bitten, and one of the lions attempted to rip his ear off. And nobody actually died. Well, nobody actually many. died. <laughs> but you can see all of these injuries in the movie. You have to watch the trailer. If you go back and look on the internet and find the trailer, but there was an awesome quote from Tippi Hendren, she's talking about it years later, and what a stupid idea it was to have 80 lions <laughs> in your house. And she said something like, um, you might be surprised, but when you're bitten by a lion, it really hurts quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but this was this was like the premise of the movie. It was like, let's get 80 lions and film what happens. Well, no, they they had the lions anyway, <laughs> and then they were like, well, we're filming, we're, we're we make movies. Let's make this movie on our house uh, in our house with with all these lions that live, and tigers and things that live with us. And these were lions who wanted to hunt the most dangerous game of all. <laughs> yeah. Did they have any bears? Because then they I could. Don't you know, think they did. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I don't it's think so. It's totally insane. House Tanner, which character links Jet Li, Big Bird, League of Legends, Dragon Ball Z, and Damon Alburn? <laughs> Sorry, could, could I have those again? <laughs> Jet Li, Big Bird. League of Legends, Dragon Ball Z, and Damon Alburn. There's too many of them. Um, and and it's one character that links all of them. The character oh. is Andrew Todd, because he's the only one who's consumed all of these media. I'm, I've never seen an episode of Dragon Ball Z or played League of Legends, so there you go. I have, however, consumed Big Bird. Um, Damien Albert is he's from Blur, right? And yes. also Gorillas. And also Gorillas. Yeah. So something animated. Oh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. That's the good because Clint Eastwood has hunted Big Bird. No, he's Big and Bird's he's, an unforgiving. He's been in a movie with Jet Li. <laughs> okay, Jet Li's was... hands move so fast they're a blur. <laughs> and when he's making, when he's at KFC, which is a Big Bird. Yes. Yes, and his power is going off the scale. Yes. Yes. Um, is it Wong Fei Hong? Is that your final answer? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will throw this over to um, House Cunningham. That was going to be my guess, the dude from uh, Once Upon a Time in China. But um, 
Uh, otherwise, team, you've got anything uh, over here? Maybe yeah. they, they're all friends with someone called Oscar. Is, is that yeah, they're all friends with someone named Oscar. No. Darren no. Elba, <laughs> I mean, he it may ground. well be. Did he even win an Oscar for Best Music? <laughs> <laughs> ah, Best Music. Best music. Uh, <laughs> the answer is uh, Sun Wukong. Oh. A.K.A. The Monkey King. Oh. Uh, was played by Jet Li, was met by Big Bird, uh, inspired League of Legends and Dragon Ball Z. Mm. And Damon Alburn is, I believe, composing an opera about uh, about the Monkey King. <clears throat> also, Andy Serkis played him in a video game. If you just put Andy Serkis on your list, we, we totally got, got it. it. It was too <laughs> obvious. <laughs> okay. Um, this, uh, this is one for House Cunningham. Uh, which real-life person can most accurately be called Superman? Um, you could I, also I, I say, also, that. most accurately be called the son of Superman. An actual living person. Actual living person. Son of Superman. It's not an actor that played Superman. Uh, very, very close. <laughs> Is it the heir to the Campbell's Soup franchise? No, however, it is, it is the... <laughs> Thus creating a soup kind of... Superman. No. No, okay. Uh, it is, however, the heir to, uh, to Nicolas Cage's fortune, I am guessing. Uh, the Kal-El. son of Nicolas Cage oh. is oh. Kal-El Coppola Cage. Right. Uh, and also, uh, Nick Cage almost played Superman himself. Uh, but didn't because uh, I guess Warner Brothers figured out that having Tim Burton direct Superman would be a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> very good. Back to House Tanner. Um, who is the most played character in cinema or television? The most played character. The most played in the most the most incarnations. In cinema and television. Sherlock Holmes. Correct. Uh, Seventy Boom. actors over two hundred films from nineteen hundred today, including. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Brent Spiner, John Cleese, Leonard Nimoy. John Cleese? John Cleese, apparently. Oh, I'd love to see that. Uh, George Big C. Bird? Scott. <laughs> George C. Scott played, wow. uh, played Sherlock Holmes. Brian Blessed? Elementary. Uh, I don't know. Um, and Basil Rathbone played him uh, in 14 feature films. As a follow-up question, uh, which actor holds the record for playing a single character in the most films? Is it Samuel? He did the 10 Nick Furies. Oh, right? yeah. More than that. More than that. More than that. More than that. How many Dirty Harrys are there? Not that many. Not Keys, a Keystone Cop. Nope. Uh, I'm going to throw this over to House Cunningham. Uh, it's, not the pro- it's not the principal character. Can I just say, this round is making me feel stupid. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, I'll... I'll... Give, me, give me a clue. Give me a clue. I'll give it's a, not, give me it's a clue. not the main character, but it's yeah. a character that you'd like... As a Desmond Llewellyn. It is! As Q. As Q. Uh, played Q in James Bond films 17 times. Wow. Yeah, good one. Yep. Yep, yep, he was pretty good. And then he died. It's always the way. to this round. Which surgical procedure could result in a fate worse than death? Uh, it's a heat transplant. Correct. Um, yes. Back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a there's a, a 30 year old Russian man who is going to become the subject of the first uh, human head transplant ever performed. He's volunteering to have his head removed and installed in another if person's you do, if body. If you do a head transplant, are you like? Do you follow the head or the body? Yeah. Which like, is which the one real? is you? I'm guessing that I'm guessing it's the bit with the brain in it. Sure, but the body's the majority. So, like, in yeah. terms of both. Is this, is this guy, like, is he just like, hey, this, let's do this for shits and giggles? Or is he, like, terminally ill or something? His, his, yes. Like, his body is... Just doesn't want to work out. Just <laughs> yeah. someone really like, buff. 
shortcut your way to better abs. He's uh, a sufferer of, uh, of Verdnick-Hoffman disease, which I, I don't know what that is. But I imagine it's, it's quite bad if uh, having your head cut off and put on another body is preferable to having it. Physicians believe that um, the experience of having your head transplanted on another body would be worse than death, uh, given that the body would likely reject the head entirely. Um, I lit, like it's the kind of horror that you can't possibly imagine. So it would just be like a. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not just going to pop off. <laughs> I think I think that kind of um, rejection is is covered very very well in the film, the thing with two heads, um, where the, yes. the body of a of a racist, no, the head of a racist is put onto the body of um, a black man with. Um, are meant to be hilarious consequences, but just involves a really boring car chase. <laughs> <laughs> As so that's a fight with the deep. <laughs> yeah. boring, boring car, car boring chase. Who wants a boring car chase? <laughs> and with a racist on your shoulder, you know. Um, how did Mel Gibson indirectly contribute to 2015's most unlikely feminist parable? Ah, oh, oh, is, oh, oh, is oh. You, no, you go. No, 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 you go. Is this Mad Max? Is this to do with? Um, the, the late Mad Max Fury Road, mm-hmm. um, the director, George Miller, got to consult on the script uh, one of the writers of the Vagina Monologues. Correct. Uh, Eve Ensler was brought on to set, in fact, uh, to, uh, to consult with um, George Miller and also the cast. Um, it's, a, it's a story about, uh, about, risk, about freeing female slaves, um, and she uh, was a consultant on set and on the script, I believe. But Mel Gibson didn't really contribute to that, did he? Apart but Mel Gibson contributed. I, I'm stretch. I'm stretching it by saying that by being batshit insane, Mel Gibson created the conditions whereby Warner Brothers would actually fund a new just, Mad the, Max because he wasn't going to be in it. Right. <laughs> they were like, look, let's let's not Mel Gibson this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, round two is called "My Mama Always Said," uh, sponsored by. Feel like you're frozen in carbonite? Join Boba Fitness today for a workout worth any bounty. Boba Fitness, you're no use to me out of shape. <laughs> Very good. In this round, I will be saying uh, inspirational or otherwise quotes from famous parental figures from pop culture. Being when you figure out who it is. I dreamed that I killed you and him, but I didn't just kill you. I cut you up into little pieces. Oh my God. I Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Not a parental figure. But, but uh, I see it. No, okay. <laughs> oh my god, I must be losing my mind. The Shining. Yes. Oh! Uh, do you have? Do you have a name of a character? That dude Jack in the Shining. Correct. I don't criticize you, and if you're worried about criticism, sometimes a diet is the best defense. Arrested development. development. Lucille Bluth. Correct. You had your chance. Okay. I've already had someone created in my image. He's evil, he wants to take over the world, and he fits easily into most overhead storage bins. Is it Dr. Evil? It is. <laughs> Why would you want to read when you got the television set sitting... Ooh, that Homer was... Simpson from The Simpsons? No! Oh! Mr. Wormwood from Matilda. Boom! Correct! <laughs> yes. That's from a book, righty lady! Oh! Bring it, Bane! Okay. I'm just like any modern woman trying to have it all. Loving husband, a family. 
It's just, I wish I had more time to seek out the dark forces and join their hellish crusade. <laughs> Me? No. <laughs> Is that one of the monologues from Six in the City? I'm afraid it's not. <laughs> I mean, I just so imagine. thinking. <laughs> that was Morticia Adams from the Adams Family. Oh, yes. yes. You're lying. It didn't die. You took it. You're lying. You witches. Aliens. Nope. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. Were they lying? <laughs> they were. Okay. And they were indeed witches of a sort. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Rosemary's baby. Correct. Ah. Uh, point for House Tanner. Today I quit my job. And then I told my, my boss to go fuck himself. And then I blackmailed him for almost $60,000. Past the asparagus. Dang it. No, I was going to say something. Go on, Karen. It's on. the dude from American Beauty. What's his name? It is a dude from American Beauty. Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, but Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yes, uh, correct. Uh, first contact is our most important mission. It has to be handled... First contact. That is the start of the quote. <laughs> the important mission. That is the middle of the quote. Contact. It's not from contact. Is. <laughs> Melanie Griffith. No. Uh, is Melanie Griffith part of this quote? No, she is not. Uh, it has to be handled delicately. You might say... Like a ball sack in your bananas. <laughs> I'm finishing the quote. You, no. You might say it's sort of like a first date with a girl. Mm. Is it Avatar? No. No, it's not Avatar. Uh, that is Ben Sisko from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, I would have thought Star Trek would have been pretty obvious. Uh, but maybe it's just I'm too much of a Star Trek fan. And finally, um, you're funny. You've always been funny, but none of your jokes will match the first one, will they? Do you remember back when you ripped my... Uh, it's Cersei Lannister. Correct. It is. <laughs> Point for House Cunningham. Uh, so, round three is called Dear Diary. Um, I'm going to uh, give each team a fictitious character or a, a child of a fictitious character, and they will have to collectively write a diary entry as though that character was an angsty teen. Um, so, uh, roll for initiative. Nine. 17. Oh. Okay. Uh, House Cunningham will go first. And your diary is James Bond as an angsty teen. <laughs> Dear diary, I'm feeling really unconfident about my masculinity. <laughs> I'm always being teased by all the girls in my school and all the Russian exchange students are always making fun of me. I wish I could have my revenge on them all. So, I probably will. <laughs> I, I, I can't afford new textbooks, and so everyone always has better gadgets than me, and I just wish that one day I could show them all. So, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Desmond Llewellyn was here. <laughs> oh boy, wonderful. That was kind of dark. Uh, probably but, pretty accurate. But probably pretty accurate as to as to what hey, given given how James Bond turned out. Um, and House Tanner, um, you are going to write a diary entry for uh, the angsty teenage daughter of the Predator. <laughs> Dear diary, it's three years until I can go and kill humans. Daddy says I'm not ready yet, but I've been training in secret. 
You know, it seems like Dad's never even around. Anytime I look around, he's not even there. <laughs> What's that thing on my face? I'm trying to get rid of it and the prom is next week. <laughs> I hope Charlie asks me if I can get rid of this... I looked in the mirror and I saw three red dots. Zits again. <laughs> Maybe if I smother on some of this new mud pack, they'll become invisible and, and no one will be able to see them. And Daddy's hanging around with this new guy. Maybe I should date his nemesis, Arnold, and then <laughs> really just show him off. Show him my, my face vagina. I <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, that, uh, oh, that got really, really personal. Um, okay, audience, I put it to you. Uh, applaud if you, uh, if, if, if you were more convinced by the diary entry of Teenage James Bond. One fan, one fan. Okay, and, uh, and for, it seems kind of redundant, uh, for, for Young Predator. They almost didn't clap for either. <laughs> they almost didn't clap for either. It was very close. Uh, so the points go to House Tanner for that one. Jeff, could we have a points update, please? Absolutely, Andrew. I think oh. you're doing really well, little guy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Pretty soon, you'll be a real host. <laughs> <laughs> well, after a neck and neck first couple of rounds, uh, Tanners now have the edge with 11 points to 6. Ooh. Uh, this could be a chance for House Cunningham to win win it back. Um, so this this round is called Bad for Your Elf. Bad for Your Elf. Um, Bad so your elf. Uh, I have I have two lists of, of things from a category. I will hand one list to each team. They will read out things from that list or things that they make up, and the other team will have to guess whether they are real or made up. We'll go with uh, House Cunningham first. You guys have Hobbit family names. Hobbits are hobbits are known for having uh, a, a sort of amusing, uh, earthy-sounding names like Baggins, Hornblower, Proudfoot, Bracegirdle, and so on. We're going to hear some now, or maybe maybe we'll hear some made-up ones. Uh, stank pit. <laughs> false. That it's is fine. false. That's not, not a real. That's not a real. Aren't, aren't there like stank pits? Aren't there bogan hobbits? <laughs> stank pit. Oh, yeah. There's nothing a hobbit likes more than a hole, though. Isn't there? Good hole. <laughs> oh, that's it. Good hole. Yeah. Um, oh. That's like that's like um, uh, uh, a female character from the James Bond Hobbit universe. <laughs> That's a mashup. <laughs> ah, come in, good hole. Uh, so, is, is that is that real or made up? Um, made up. Made up. Uh, correct. That is made up. Uh, Gork Roger. <laughs> Gork I, Roger. I'm gonna say yeah. That's uh, yeah. That could be it. Oh, you're going real? Yeah, okay, going we're going real. real. We're going real. Uh, surprisingly, uh, Gork Roger is absolutely a real <laughs> hobbit yes. name. Uh, Wirefoot. Oh, it, it could be wire. real. Anything well, would they have wires? Uh, no, in the, in no, the, no, they no, have wires. no. Because they don't wear shoes, so they'd always step on them. And... Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fake. Uh, it is fake. Oh, so you should see wood foot. We know yeah. the hobbits so yeah. well. <laughs> Straw yeah. foot. Oh well. Diggle. Say again. Diggle. 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 Um, Diggle. Diggle. Yeah, I That's believe it. Dirk is one of. Them. <laughs> 
I think that might be real. Yeah, that sounds that real. Sounds yeah. Like, that yeah. sounds hobbity. It is real. It is real. Oh, oh my God. You guys are going to have to. Come on. House Cunningham's going to have to do better. Tunnel E. Tunnel E. It's too Irish. Tolkien would never allow it. I th- but I think Ben's is intentionally making it sound bad. It says here on this piece of paper. <laughs> Tunnel E. Tunnel E. Well, he sounds pretty convincing about the, the piece of paper part. I, I think he's faking it. I think it's real. I think it's real. Real. Uh, it is real. It was on the piece of paper. Um, <laughs> but it's clearly pronounced tunnelly, not tunnelly, which is what I said. So I just made that up. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, cornrow. <laughs> that is a hairstyle. <laughs> mm. um, they come from the wrong side of Buckleberry Ferry. The next door neighbor to Stink Pit. <laughs> Stank bitten corn roll. Uh, We're gonna feel oh real boy. bad if it's this real. Is, this is fake. 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 Uh, that is fake. Toddy foot. Say again. Toddy foot. Toddy, Toddy foot. Oh yeah, that's real. Right. So real. Super so real. Super real. And no, it isn't. Yes! Oh, yeah! <laughs> yes! So close to a perfect yes! run. <laughs> um, and uh, one more. Uh, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, do we give them a pity point? No, that's <laughs> fake. That's fake. That's fake. Uh, sorry, it is real. <laughs> uh, yes, there and are you hobbits. you worked. <laughs> there are hobbits called good enough. Um, good hole and good enough. That was like Tolkien was getting to the end of the day and he's like, like, one more. Uh, good, enough. good enough. Good enough. Yes, uh, that's, that's Tolkien's approach to writing, really. Um... It's like the dwarf quarter. That'll do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Very good. Uh, So, House Tanner, your your category uh, is going to be Westeros house words. Um, For example, winter is coming. We do not sow. Family duty honor. I actually discovered that my house words are action without words, which is a little bit sort of contradictory. That's the Todd family house words. So, or alternatively, it behooves us. It behooves us to live. Which also, it seems a bit redundant. Like, it's, it's just like, we just have to keep reminding ourselves, like, live, live, don't die. Okay. So uh, I have, I have uh, a list of, of, of actual house words. Um, from, I also, from, from Game of Thrones. From Game of Thrones, yes. You can either make some up or say the real ones. <laughs> the choice is yours. That's the price is right. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> real or fake? No. Sounds fake. That sounds fake. 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 Uh, it's real. Oh. Which house was it? I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> house Stinkhole. House Stinkhole. <laughs> um, house uh, beware our sting. Is that sting or stang? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, beware our sting. It's a, it's a warning sting. about uh, a musician. <laughs> Where are stings? Like somebody with like a bee or a wasp or something. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like it'd be true. It sounds like it'd be true. Wasp house. It is true. Yep. Um, I, I I made a list of all the house words, but I forgot to put what houses they oh, were. No, they were not. Um, so uh, yeah. House fuzzy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, Isn't that I, house Beesbury? Like there's a Beesbury. Really? Yeah, there's a Beesbury house. I'm going to I'm going to try and find the list of actual houses uh, that goes with this, um, and I can actually answer those podcast extra properly. Uh, next it, next house words. It is the motto of House Beesbury. Yay! Oh. Do I get a point? R- really? Yes. 
Yes, oh, wow. House, House Beesbury, awesome. a wiki of ice and fire. Westeros's finest manuka honey. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, next, House Words. Though the night falls. That's not even a complete sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Beginning of a thought. Like, yeah. you know, though the night falls. We've got to take the garbage out, or what? Yeah, I, mean? yeah, I think but, if anything, it's half true. Is, is, it, is it? Is it like? But you could say, is it a motto with like an ellipsis at the end? <laughs> yeah, don't they just like? Do we dare find out? Shrug. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think? What do you think? I, th- I think it's fake. Fake. Correct. It is fake. Uh, light the fires. Slick the doors. <laughs> 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 Um, Some kind of very natural house. That's what does Morrison. Kick the tires, light the fires. It's House Will Smith. In, in the um, house House Gondor. House Gondor. Um, Listen, it, it sounds plausible. It sounds plausible. It sounds plausible. Yep. True. 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 Nope. Ah. Oh. Completely made up. House Arsonist. <laughs> Though all men do despise us. Now, uh, was that Brendan like making it up, or was it his acting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with having improvisers. No, on I'll just cross it. I'll just cross it off the list now. No. Oh, oh. Oh, I took it to a double level. <laughs> despise Brendan. <laughs> House Bennett. Um, hmm. That sounds like it could be true. I think. It, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yes, it is. Yep. It's completely true. Yep. Uh, Jeff, which uh, house does though all men do despise us hail from? House a bunch of dicks. House a bunch of dicks. <laughs> the yeah. so long in Game of Thrones. All men do despise us. Awake! Oh, Awake! <laughs> what, <that's>... Awake! <laughs> Is, it, is that three awakes or two? Because <laughs> that'll change. It's it. it's two. It's two awakes. Awake. Three awake. would be excessive. That would be <laughs> too much. It's the house. It's the house that's late for work. Forgot <laughs> <laughs> to set the alarm. Shit! Nine forty-five. Um, house <laughs> snooze button. <laughs> it's the house going to a funeral. Awake! Awake! Um. <laughs> This one's like it could be true. Like, um, a, like a, hey, everybody. It, it, it could be true. It could be true. Yes. It is true. Yep. Yes. Mm. That mm. is the motto of House Swift. And uh, the people who said, though all men do despise us, are House Cod. <laughs> House Cod. <laughs> no chains on us. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> it's House <Not>. Shafu. <laughs> <laughs> House Ultron. <laughs> House Very good. Uh, that brings us to the end of Bad for Your Elf. Uh, Jeff, uh, can we have a points update, please? Yes. Uh, well, House Tanner have surged ahead to 22, while Cunning- House Cunningham languished on 12. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, this next round is called For Appropriate Audiences. Uh, I will be. I will uh, read out a list of R-rated movies, um, and you guys will have to come up with taglines or pitches for the family-friendly remake. <laughs> Starting with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> We're going to massacre all of these chainsaws so they can't hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. It'll have you in stitches, <laughs> Leatherface. <laughs> Is that the whole the whole tagline? It'll have you in stitches. Dot dot dot. Leatherface. Dot, dot, dot. Shrug. 
<laughs> when three school friends decide to start their ordinary brand of makeup for farm wives in the uh, in the rural hinterland, they'll never know what life le- lessons they will learn in Texas Chainsaw Mascara. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, learn the word of God uh, through the the means of. Uh, chainsaw log sculptures <laughs> when this Texas chainsaw mess occurs. Moving <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right along, deep throat. It's a it's a uh, it's a surgery training video for uh, laryngologists. Lar- Lar- uh, that's a word I just made up. <laughs> I believe it. Laryngologists? How's that? Um, it's a. a- a documentary film to teach children about uh, puberty and the effects that it has on your voice. Oh. Um, very good. Django Unchained. Learn this true story of 1920s gypsy guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how he escaped from prison. <laughs> this is exciting, actually, because um, it's a big project for Timmy Ray Morrison. It's announced it's the next uh, Star Wars spin-off movie. They're going to do the Boba Fett one, and they're also going to do the adventures of his dad, Django, uh, in Django Unchained. And, and it's animated, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah it's going to be great. Yeah. Showgirls. Uh, it's it's just a thing where objects are put in front of young girls and they're shown them. Uh, this 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 group of uh, middle school girls are tired of being passed over for tall blonde girls and this and the the school play, so they're going to put on their own show. And it's show comma girls exclamation point show girls. girls. <laughs> Stretching it a bit. Let's show them. Okay, uh, the Exorcist. <laughs> Highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Uh, it's about removing a kind of bubo from someone's neck. <gasps> oh, <laughs> the excisist. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's for kids. Yeah, for kids. But for kids. But for kids. <laughs> That's an appropriate it's audience. It's like a, it's like a it's cartoon. From a kid. Yeah. A cartoon and the bubo. The bubo is the sidekick. It talks. Yeah. So it's like you'll those, never it's, get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I'm like, going to give your family the plague. <laughs> so it's like it's like those uh, Walt Disney cartoons That's about right. Nazi Germany, <laughs> uh, where Donald Duck plays Adolf Hitler. Okay, um, just a couple more. Um, Silence of the Lambs. It's about naughty lambs. <laughs> yeah. Who need to shh? <laughs> they need to shush because it's sleepy time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's pretty much just the alternative title for Sean the Sheep, isn't it? There's no dialogue in it. <laughs> yeah. The science of Sean the Sheep, a.k.a. Silence of the Land. Shame. The sex addiction movie starring it's, Michael it's Fassbender. It's about a group of young uh, students at a dance academy. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking something else. That was, uh, yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, it's, a story, it's a story about a lone cowboy who rides into town and befriends a young boy. <laughs> And he rides mm-hmm. away at the end. Did he get shot? We don't know. <laughs> Shane. And he runs away before the final con- confrontation. That's why the child is yelling, Shane! <laughs> it's a short film about a man uh, making his breakfast and uh, he's really looking forward to the leftover chocolate cake that he has and there. He's going to take it to his lunch and as he takes it out, it just sort of falls on the floor. He goes, ah, 
Shane. <laughs> oh. Or maybe it was a film that had a really huge budget but really let down the audiences. Oh, so yeah. the shame is more the audience reaction. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was post so Yeah, like you go and see it and it's like, oh, what movie did you say? Shame. Yeah, I don't want to talk about yeah. it. Okay, this brings us to our final final round. Uh, Jeff, a uh, points update. We still have uh, House Tanner in the lead on 30, but Cunningham are coming up quickly with 23. Ooh, okay. Um, so, uh, fi- final round is called Who Would Win? And uh, who's our sponsor, Jeff? If you're on holiday in New York, stay in the Baxter Building. <laughs> Completely unobstructed views of the city. Extremely flexible accommodation. And red hot rates on anything you need. Oh. The Baxter Building, winner of 2015's Fantastic Forecourt. <laughs> yes. So, uh, the final round is called Who Would Win? It is a classic. Are, are, are we finished laughing at the terrible joke yet? Okay. Uh, the final round is called Who Would Win? It is the classic uh, nerd uh, showdown, only this, this case, it's Who Would Win? Family edition. Each, each team will uh, argue uh, their case for um, for a particular family winning a showdown. The families are as follows: uh, House Cunningham, you have the mafia, <laughs> and House Tanner, you have the Greek gods. <laughs> it may seem uh, it may seem uh, unfairly matched. I don't know, the Romans beat the Greeks in the end, didn't they? But we, we, we shall see. Um, so, uh, roll for initiative. Four. Eleven. Okay, um, House Cunningham, uh, you are first with your case for the Mafia. Very few people uh, do not know the, the, the degree to which the country of Greece depends on oil, olive oil. Uh, now, uh, olive oil is, is, is what really what the, gives the, the Greek people their strength. They use it in all their cuisine. They attribute their long lifetimes to it. Uh, and of course, their, their, their belief comes from their from their uh, enjoyment of life and their and their enjoyment of good food. Um, and the Greek gods would be nothing without the belief of the Greek people. And the Greek people would be nothing without olive oil, which is actually literally controlled by the mafia. Uh, olive oil is owned by the mafia. Most of what you buy in olive oil bottles is, in fact, not olive oil at all because of the mafia's control of the olive oil industry. And they put fake oil in there. And so he who controls the olive oil controls the Greek people. This is Con- all completely true. Controls the Greek gods. Yeah, that's what I say. Very good. Uh, any, any further, further opening, uh, opening statements from uh, the mafia? I would also like to just add that... Um, uh, of course, the traditional uh, mafia threat of uh, having a, a horse head um, in your bed. Just imagine if that was a centaur head in your bed. It would be like it was a person's head, but it would still be appropriate because it would seem like it had come off the body of a horse. <laughs> well, just imagine if that head was made of wood and filled with Greek warriors. <laughs> Um, as we all know, the, the, the mafia are um, well spread throughout the world. Um, They're we, everywhere. We, we have our own mafia in, in Melbourne. Um, there's a, a very big one in New York, so I hear, and um, also in the south of Italy. So that's three continents covered. And you have to ask, you know, where are all the Greek gods now? I mean, do you see them anywhere? That's the thing, isn't it? Like, it's an international organization. 
Who can the Mafia call on? The Greek Mafia. The Italian Mafia. The Russian Mafia. Who can the Greek gods call on? The Greek gods. That's all they've got. There's no, you know, the Russian gods aren't coming to help the Greek gods. Very good. Um, I think it's time to throw it over to uh, House Tanner. High atop a mountain live people. Nay, not people. Archetypes. More than archetypes. Gods. The very forces of nature themselves. Lightning. Death. The ocean. The force that drives the germinating seed up through the fertile soil. The liar. The musical instrument <laughs> played by Orpheus. Exactly. That's right. Secret weapon. <laughs> yes, they have might they might have disappeared from our consciousness now, but their their legacy lives on in stories told throughout the decades, throughout the eons, long after we pass, their effect will remain. Their stories are so strong that every time they are told, they live again in the mind of the listener. They live again in the mind of the reader. And they can outface any Tommy gun wielding, slick back here greaseball in the world. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's going to happen? You're going to, what, chop them in the head with a cleaver? Guess what? Another god's going to climb out of that head. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to shoot somebody? That's okay. Zeus is going to put them in his leg until they get better. You say they, the mafia has more control over the world? Poseidon rules the oceans, 80% of this globe. And and you say the, the mafia doesn't have... Com- uh, I don't know what you said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I exactly. wasn't paying attention. Exactly. You might, you might try and send someone to sleep with the fishes. Well, Poseidon always sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> Let me tell you about Very good. Poseidon. Okay, okay. Mafia, I'll grant you... Let me tell you about Poseidon. Let me, let's, let's pose a Rebuttal and closing statement. Let's pose a hypothetical situation here. You've got a problem. Your family's in trouble. You've, you've got a real money shortage. Uh, you've got somebody's coming after you're going to break both your knees. You need you need money urgently. Who are you going to turn to for help? This is a real world situation. Are you going to turn to your uncle Tony, who knows a man who knows a man who can get you some help? Is that the route you're going to go, or are you going to look for help with your money problem to Poseidon, Greek god of the sea? Or are you going now, to turn to a god who can turn into a shower no, of who's gold? Gonna, who's going to solve that problem? Poseidon, god of the sea, or? Or actual actual mafia guy who has some actual real-world influence and is not a figment of anyone's imagination. Mm. <laughs> the other team's spoken a lot on the the, uh, the, the, the durability of the story uh, the, the, the Greek, the Greek uh, gods embody and that how that will carry on through the ages. But is, is Coppola's the godfather? <laughs> not a story Let's put that for up, our yeah. time Let's that put will that carry on exactly. through the ages? Um, Clash of the Titans versus the Godfather. <laughs> Which is the better film? <laughs> we all know. We all know the answer. Not even Liam Neeson could save Clash of the Titans. And he has a particular set of skills. <laughs> he even had the skills to save us from that film. The Godfather, an all-time enduring, as Dan said, cinematic classic. But on the other hand, Homer wrote the Iliad, the Odyssey, and then he knew to fucking stop it too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I noticed you you all talked about all the the big burly Greek gods, but um, I think you're forgetting that so many of the Greek gods just 
they're just lazy layabouts. Just you know, they just drink wine, they get drunk, they sleep. With the- Zeus, the king of the gods, he's always turning into a swan. All he does, like- he goes around sleeping with everyone. You know, that like- is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, can you really count on him to save the day when all he cares about is himself? Like, these gods are selfish. You know, the mafia—they're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least the mafia, the mafia are always giving things away without ever wanting anything. In <laughs> You know they they're there for your daughter's wedding. They're <laughs> always there in Genius the background watching over you. The first taste is always free, for example. That's one of the thing about the mafia. Yeah, it's just and they have guns. Kind yeah. business minded versus lazy, drunk lechers. Who would you trust? Okay. Final statements. Good God, these gods are good. <laughs> and final statements from the mafia. Uh, yeah. Medusa got your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> the mafia. An offer you can't refuse. <laughs> okay, uh, audience, we put it to you. Um, uh, round of applause if you, would, if you would back the mafia. And another round of applause if you would back the Greek gods. That actually sounds as though it goes to the Mafia. (laughs) So uh, that brings us to uh, approximately the end of the show. Um, While uh, Jeff is tallying up the final scores, um, uh, would you, would you, uh, the nerds, care to uh, give some brief recommendations? Yes, um, I'd like to recommend the uh, original My Little Pony series, not. The, the 90s one or the one that's out now, I'd like to recommend the old one from the 80s because it is terribly animated and it's a textbook for how not to make an animated series designed to sell toys. And for that, I will always love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to recommend another podcast, which is Dan Bain's Broken Arts Hole, which is my podcast show where I interview arts practitioners from the broken arts hole that is Christchurch, New Zealand. <laughs> uh, and I would like to re- recommend uh, Penny Dreadful, which is a series just in its second uh, second series now. It's kind of a monster mashup of uh, a lot of Victorian uh, Frankenstein werewolf. All the gang was there, and it's got this features mostly this amazing performance by Eva Green, uh, just off the chain acting up the wazoo. So yeah, have, have a look at that if you like gothic stuff. Um, I would like to recommend replaying Mass Effect Two and Three. <laughs> Which is what I've been doing for the past four weeks. Uh, I'd like to recommend one of my favourite board games. It's uh, Pandemic. So most board games have you uh, fighting against each other. This is a great game for working together. You all play scientists who are trying to uh, cure plagues that are ravaging the world. It's great fun. I like to recommend TheMoth.org. It's a New York site where uh, people tell stories in short... It's like TED Talks, but stories. And uh, I, of course, would like to recommend The Nerd Degree, uh, recorded live at the Orange Studio in Christchurch, New Zealand, um, available every couple of weeks on nerddegree.com or on iTunes. So that brings us to the very end. And Jeff, do you have the final scores? I do, Andrew. And I think we've all learned a very important lesson. Sometimes you get an offer you can't refuse and you might feel shame afterwards. But though they do despise you much and treat you like a predator, you need to take time for your hellish crusade and remember... Never have pet lions. (laughs) 
And Team Cunningham did a great job and got 28 points, but unfortunately, Team Tanner win tonight with 30 points. Uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have failed to cue up the theme music, so uh, hopefully we can edit that. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. These are, these are a lot of things that make it much harder to edit in.